You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good stuff. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sowell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a baby? What's crack a It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rao. We should be up and running pretty soon. We apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rao Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We should be broadcasting very soon. Keep it locked right here. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. There's been disarray this weekend at some of the nation's major airports as the Trump administration began implementing new restrictions on travel from Europe. Pictures from inside Chicago's O'Hare International Airport, for example, shared on social media, show Americans and legal permanent residents returning from Europe packed into tight spaces waiting for hours to be screened for symptoms of the coronavirus. 
NPR's Layla Pottle reports on the situation. O'Hare International Airport's one of 13 airports accepting people returning from Europe and implementing enhanced screening. But now, many question whether the bottlenecks the screening's creating will end up infecting more people than it's protecting. Similar pictures and videos were shared from the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. The governor of Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, seized in a tweet at President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence saying the crowds and lines are unacceptable and that the president needs to address it immediately. Meanwhile, the O'Hare International Airport's Twitter account says it has, quote, strongly encouraged their federal partners to increase staffing to meet demand. Layla Falden, NPR News. The Homeland Security Department is acknowledging the long lines. Acting Secretary Chad Wolf said on Twitter the government is working to add additional screening capacity and working with airlines to expedite the process. The Colorado state legislature has officially suspended its work for at least two weeks because of the coronavirus, a historic first for the state. Senator Berkman from Colorado Public Radio has more. Lawmakers in both parties agreed to stop their work. Here's Democratic Speaker of the House, Casey Becker. I think two weeks provides enough time for some social distancing without pushing us too far out in the future to know what may come up that we need to address. A number of other state legislatures are also suspending or changing their work schedules because of the coronavirus. For NPR News, I'm Benta Brooklyn in Denver. Nearly every state in the nation has recorded a case of the coronavirus, the only exception being West Virginia. Dave Mistich of West Virginia Public Broadcasting reports that may come down to limited testing that's been conducted so far. West Virginia health officials reported Saturday night that 39 residents have been tested through the CDC in the state's public health lab. 38 of those results have come back negative, and one test result is still pending. Those numbers do not account for testing done at some hospitals and commercial labs. WVU Medicine, a healthcare provider run by the state's largest university, says they are evaluating a number of options for commercial testing. Spain and France joining Italy in imposing lockdowns as the epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic shifts to Europe and Paris. Restaurants are closed, stores are empty. However, French voters are heading to the polls today for local municipal elections. This is NPR. Coming up next on The Serious Side. My fellow Americans, tonight I want to speak with you about our nation's unprecedented response to the coronavirus outbreak that started in China and is now spreading throughout the world. Today, the World Health Organization officially announced that this is a global pandemic. We have been in frequent contact with our allies, and we are marshalling the full power of the federal government and the private sector to protect the American people. This is the most aggressive and comprehensive effort to confront a foreign virus in modern history. I am confident that by counting and continuing to take these tough measures, we will significantly reduce the threat to our citizens and we will ultimately and expeditiously defeat this virus. This is new. Uh, no, but I think it's a great decision by the NBA. I think they know what they're doing. I think it's better to be careful. You know, do it now than, rather than do it later. So 
you know, it's, it's tough. It's different uh, for the young guys. It's, it's a new thing. I've been in lockouts. It's kind of, kind of the same. This is hopefully this is, turns out a uh, positive. You know. But she asked for a server that wasn't black, and the manager complied. And I do agree that that was a bad decision at the moment. But there was a way, better way that could have been handled. On Sunday, I very much look forward to the debate in Arizona with my friend Joe Biden. And let me be very frank as to the questions that I will be asking Joe. Joe, what are you going to do for the 500,000 people who go bankrupt in our country because of medically related debt? And what are you going to do for the working people of this country and small business people who are paying on average 20% of their incomes for health care. Joe, what are you going to do to end the absurdity of the United States of America being the only major country on earth where health care is not a human right? Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wild Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Rao. Good Sunday morning to you folks. My name is Jay Rao, and here are the stories that we will be talking about today, March 15th, right here on the serious side. Coronavirus is here in full force. Does COVID-19, a.k.a. the coronavirus, is here? Are you taking the necessary steps and precautions to keep you and others safe? We'll talk about that. Your thoughts, please. Backed by popular demand, YTP is back. YTP is where we try to discuss as many stories as we can in one segment. Should be fun. It's definitely coming up. And Biden versus Sanders, as Americans continue to focus on the coronavirus, there's still a Democratic primary in the mix. Who will win tonight? And will the virus outbreak give an advantage to one of the candidates? Plus, after the break, we have a question for you, and we're going to let you answer it. Our panelists answer the question. It's called After the Break. Can't wait to get into that segment. But as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the business. First up, she's my big sis. Love her dearly. She watches MSNBC like it's nobody's business and CNN. And hopefully she's toned this little cruise thing that she does down in wake of the virus. Let me bring in my baby, my big sis, Vanessa May Belly from the Macanelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, Jay. Good morning, everybody. I didn't have a choice. They just canceled all the cruises, so they just sent us the email saying your cruise is canceled. So, you know what? I, I prayed, Jay, and I, told, I, I prayed about it, and I said, I don't know if I need to take this cruise. And so that morning, I called and canceled the cruise. And then that evening, they gave everybody extra stuff for not canceling. So, you know, whatever. I just followed the Holy Spirit and I canceled the cruise. But I still there have one go. coming up in May. But uh, I, everybody, happy Sunday, if you can call it happy Sunday. It's a praying Sunday. This is, the, this is the day that the Lord has made. So it's always a good day. Thank you. Love you so much. My man, 
you know, I call him the educated brother, the brother that I love so much, my little brother from another mother, the man who brings his smooth baritone vibes and his tone and his voice here with that knowledge behind it. Let's say good morning to the very, 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 very distinguished Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Let 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 me bring myself out of out of those lofty clouds that you just put me in. No, nah, dog, stay there. Not worthy. <laughs> no, y'all put you up in the clouds. I, I'm uh, telling you. Hey, you know he 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 has done me a a a service, but but uh, one that I will not uh, acknowledge nor even revering. Ouch. But uh, it is a blessing to be here. Um, Life has changed. It really and truly has. Uh, you know, normally I start my Sunday morning off with uh, going to service and, you know, our, our church has uh, capsule services at least for the next four. So we're doing online services. So I did get that in. So some of my comments may not be as holy this morning because it's a little different when you're in the sanctuary and the spirit carries <laughs> <yourself. laughs> He hasn't been washed by the blood yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. But I tell you what, it's just a lot going on, man. I'll be honest. uh, Never would I thought that, um, you know, I've I've experienced hurricanes and tornadoes and people preparing for that. But this is certainly a calamity, you know, to go in stores and actually see nothing remaining. Um, it It is a different time and a different day and age and I know that's a hot topic so uh, good morning uh, to to our listeners uh, certainly uh, appreciate them allowing us to come into their homes uh, Les, uh, Miss Vanessa Jerome and Jay like to say I thank you for this opportunity and I'm looking forward to the dialogue as usual alright my man you mentioned the brother and this brother is definitely a brother from another mother you know this man here walks on water. Don't tell him I said that. If he's listening, I would deny it. But he gets the first and last word around here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. Good morning to you. Good morning, Hulk. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, good morning. Well, you know what? When you kissed her, man, she dropped. So I maybe, you know, you got some poison between those lips. But anyway, <laughs> she'll call back in. Oh, man. But, hey, good morning, brother. Appreciate you being in for the ride. Now, uh, as always, the number is 347-850-1270. You can jump in the world-famous chat room or you can communicate with us via social media, and the man who I call the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome is free from his free radio.net, and who brings us on a daily basis, on a need-to-know basis, uh, you know, uh, not a daily basis, but on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. He, he usually joins us after his commitment to Clear Channel Radio. So until then, we kind of hold it down, and uh, man, like Johnny D said, we have a lot to get into, so let's not waste any time. Without any further ado, let's jump into it. My fellow Americans, tonight I want to speak with you about our nation's unprecedented response to the coronavirus outbreak that started in China and is now spreading throughout the world. Today, the World Health Organization officially announced that this is a global pandemic. We have been in frequent contact with our allies, and we are marshalling the full power of the federal government and the private sector to protect the American people. 
This is the most aggressive and comprehensive effort to confront a foreign virus in modern history. I am confident that by counting and continuing to take these tough measures, we will significantly reduce the threat to our citizens, and we will ultimately and expeditiously defeat this virus. That was President Trump addressing the nation from the Oval Office the other day, taking a more serious tone from his original tone that he had taken that, hey, there's only 15 people, only five people, whatever, it's going to pass, Fox News. Those guys are saying, oh, we're okay. Matter of fact, Congressman uh, Mark Gates from uh, Florida walked into the chamber with a gas mask on. Well, guess who's under, uh, guess who's uh, in quarantine? Him. You know, this is a serious thing. And now we're seeing things that we never thought we'd see in our lifetime. And so, Mr. Elias, let me start with you. Are we, are we at a point now that people are looking at the American president and saying, hey, you know what, maybe he started to take this thing seriously? Because, you know, there's a report out that the White House, the White House was warned about this in 2017, that this was around the corner. And the fact that the reason why we do not have a virus, not a virus, but a vaccine is because he has scrapped the departments that were responsible for this. And they talked to an official from that department last week, and, they, and she said, we would, have, we would have had a virus in place had he not cut the funding for this particular department. And we all know what the president said. I don't like having people hanging around not doing anything. So, Mr. Elias, what do you think, man? You think this guy is finally taking this thing seriously, or is this just, you know, just Trump being Trump? I, in some instances, yes, I think he is taking it serious, but in some instances, no, I don't, because okay, you know, they down. said he had it. They, they say he had a test done, um, uh, to, for, for the coronavirus. They, they reported that this morning. He came back negative. That's what they said. But if you listen to him talk, it looks like he's out of breath sometimes. Looks like he's out of breath sometimes, and, and he's around. Okay. He was around. He was around two. He was around a bunch of people that tested positive for it. A bunch. But, but man, if, that, but if that's your basis, Mr. Elias, if that's your basis for him being out of breath, he's had the coronavirus all his life. I mean, good God, come on, this guy has always <laughs> yeah. been out of shape. Well, you know, and plus the fact that he got rid. Of, I, I don't understand how people can not, not. Uh, uh, <laughs> Not put him in charge of the when, when when the reporter asked him, you know, why did you disband the uh, the office of uh, I can't remember the name of the office, but they they said why he disbanded the office. It was a pandemic like office. Pandemic office. And then the pandemic office. That's all they do is they search the world for the pandemics that's going to happen. He says no. If we need him, we'll hire him right back. We'll get doctors right away. This is telling you that this man is not capable of doing this job. And still, people, they'll make excuses up for him. You know, and then he tried to blame President Obama for this. That's what got me. Of course he did. I I, I just, I was like, wow. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. It's typical for me. It's typical for me, uh, Vanessa, because 
what he does is he takes credit for things that President Obama put in place. Now, listen, we can sit here and talk about whether or not Trump should get you know, credit for the current economy, but all charts show that the economy was on an upward spiral. And the bottom line is, thank God President Obama was in office when it tanked, because if this guy would have been in office, man, you know, you'd have mayhem in the streets by now, because he don't know what he's doing. It's clear that he doesn't know what he's doing. But if you say something long enough in front of a group of people, they'll believe it. No one can point to anything that this guy has done. Yeah, he's loosened regulations, and yeah, it may have had an impact on the stocks and all this other stuff. He, he's, he's helped make the 1% richer, but at the end of the day, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And so what do you do? You take credit for a good economy, because you know, that's something that President Obama put in place, whether these haters don't want to admit it or not. But then you also go back and try to blame him for, well, you know, President Obama would have done this because they know that most voters, Vanessa, are not going to do the research to determine that he's lying. They're going to take his word for it because they believe he's, you know, he's the king of kings. He walks on water. He floats like a butterfly and he stings like a bee. He's the goat of presidents if you let him tell it. What say you? I hope you realize that I'm rolling my eyes through the telephone. Just, you know. <laughs> Yo, I'm still mad when the man said, leave all them people out there on that cruise ship because I don't want to mess yeah. up my numbers. I can't get past yeah. that. When people have, mm-hmm. didn't have any diabetes medicine, no nothing. Now, I will say the best thing they could have done was told the cruise line to shut down for 30 days and everybody washed their ships down. That was a very good idea for them to do that. Okay. Um, but okay. has anybody seen Melania? And I mean, where is she at in all of this? Well, you think she, you, you think she, she has the coronavirus and she's, you know, <laughs> no, well, we I don't see her anyway. From him, I think she, no, no. I think she's staying away from him because he has the coronavirus. I don't believe he got tested. How did the man, um, the governor or whoever he was of Miami, just come down with it from talking to a man, I posted it, and taking a picture with him, but Trump shaking everybody's hand and he ain't got it. Oh, God, even my dogs don't believe that. That's insane. <laughs> and, and they're smart dogs. <laughs> so, I mean, that says a lot. Wait, my dogs don't believe that. Even my dogs look stupid with that. So, you know, I just don't get it. I don't get it yeah. that this was in place with Obama. And because yeah. they were just sitting around not doing nothing, he, he counseled it. He counseled it. And then when the girl asked him, she, he told her she was nasty. So, for every time he said the word nasty, that's another woman. And especially another black person that's going to vote against him. Because he's so busy being nasty himself. I just, y'all, I don't get this. And my church is not closed. Our pastor sent a robocall saying everybody, you know, kind of stand away from each other and let's take your husband and wife. And um, because it's a praying time and he wanted us in church. So I still am going, but y'all, it is a praying time. But I got toilet paper. 
Oh my God! You know the thing is crazy, and, and you know and this is astonishing because you don't know, have service, you know, right after the show. I mean, and so you know we didn't cancel anything. Matter of fact, we have a three o'clock service this evening, and I'm like, wow, yeah, you know, maybe we need to be looking at things like that. We have elderly people in the church, but let me go to you, Johnny, because I'm gonna get your thoughts on this. Um, you know, get, just give me your overall assessment of how the administration has handled this so far, like you eloquently do every Sunday. You know, nationally, it's, it's been a poor, it's, it's been poor. Now, locally, uh, I think our governor has, has done a commendable job. Um, part of the reason why most of the congregations are not in worship this morning is because he's limited to uh, no more than 100 persons um, in an environment. Uh, yesterday, oh, wow, he okay. shut down wow. all of the schools in, in the state. So in, instead of this you know, certain districts uh, indicating that because they may have a case uh, in or around the school. Uh, I think as of Friday, it was three school districts um, in this great state. And then, of course, the governor stepped up yesterday and went proactive. And for two weeks, all schools will be shut down. Uh, they're also looking at making sure that those uh, nearly uh, 10,000 kids uh Throughout the state that receive free or reduced lunch uh, are part of the Meals on Wheels so that they'll get lunch and, and, and accommodations throughout the time that they're out. Uh, certainly can't deal with the babysitting aspect of it because that's too complex and too complicated. Uh, but he has right. promoted uh, telework at home. So if you have the opportunity, and of course, once again, that's only as good as the, as the employer if these employees do get sick leave and stuff. So, you know, systematically on a, on a local level um, and a state mm-hmm. level, I think that the response has, has been appropriate. Um, nationally, once again, it is awful. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the lack of information, the misinformation, the deception, uh, everything that, 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 that just brings me to, to just – Confirming the fact that this guy is, is is a clown at best and a poor leader, and I think that others will hopefully see this. You know, you, you, I was li- I, I listened to um, the the governor of, of Ohio a couple of days, and then he was on one of the the news channels this morning. But he was saying yeah. as of Wednesday of last week they interviewed him, and you know he was saying that they've got a hundred thousand test kits. Now that's now, now that's all in regards. You know what the, the the national statistics is saying as far as within the United States, but so they asked him. They said, "Well, why'd you get a hundred thousand?" He said, "Well, I'm certain that based off of our health and human directive here in the state, that we probably have at least a hundred thousand people now that's walking around with the symptoms that have not been tested. So it's bigger than what we can envision and imagine when you look at those numbers." That indicates only nearly 2,900 cases in America. We know that that's far yeah. less than, than what it what what it is. So the the national response has been pathetic. Uh, you go back to the disbanding of the global health security program that was established by President Obama when H1N1 came into effect, and then also it it, it did great. Um, in, with Ebola in 2014 through 2016, but because President Obama had put it together, um, this retro bait decided that he was going to disband it. 
Uh, you talk about mm. regulations. Part of the process, part of the reason now is think about China. They have no regulations when it comes to, to, to food. And hence, you take the, uh, the, the food and agriculture uh, department. This guy has defunded a lot of uh, food and agriculture, plus he has, he has, he has uh, deregulated so many things. So, so what makes us any different? You know, part of what keeps us safe are regulations where you can't do certain things. You know, you, 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 they show some of those, those, those Asian meat markets, you know, they've eaten any type and every type of food. They got it in open air markets. And of course, birds, food, uh, you know, nets, uh, you know, whatever is contaminating the food, and it's and it's just simply traveling across the world. So regulations are meant to save people, but this guy, his administration, is shameful. And once again, this is confirmation that he is unfit to be president. And I hope that no one really suffers the the, the ill effects of having someone sick or or end up losing their lives in order to sit back and finally say, you know what, he's got to go. But as we've been saying yeah. for the last a year and a half, I've been on the show, and I'm sure for the last uh, three years, he's got to go, period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. That, that's been a motto of the show, <laughs> he's got to go. And, uh, you know, the smartest man in the world has checked in, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net and the man who brings you on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Man, just another day in paradise, no palm trees. Question for you. Ready. Uh, my, my question is, is basically when it comes around this coronavirus, do you honestly think, because uh, I know you get around and about, do you think Americans are taking this thing serious? I mean, because I'm telling you, I'm starting to see some effects of it. But I went to a barbecue yesterday, and people were kind of, you know, doing what you do, giving each other death. I saw some people doing the elbow thing, some people doing the knuckle thing. But uh, do you think people, people that, you know, in the circles that you travel, man, you think folks are taking this thing serious? Um, I, Probably 50-50. I think everybody takes really? it serious, but everybody doesn't. You know, you, it's discipline. Right, so if you're used to touching your face unconsciously, you're going to touch your face. Right, and so it it, it takes a it takes a while to um, to change habits, and so that's all that is. I mean, somebody reached out, you know, we 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 creative as black folks, so you know, somebody reached out their hand to shake my hand yesterday, and um, I grabbed their forearm, and I was like, "What's up?" And pulled them close like we normally do. I mean, you know what I mean? I didn't shake their hand. I grabbed them. You know what I mean? So you, 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 we, we have to adjust. It wasn't that all of us wasn't conscious about it. Um, right. You can only hope that people are going to be honest about when they don't feel well or when they have a mm-hmm. cold or when they feel, you know, warm and stuff that they will separate. But, yeah, it, it's going to be it's difficult. It's difficult to change habits. Yeah, but I'm thinking, you know, you know, because I was coughing like last week. I'm like, oh, and I'm thinking, do I need to go somewhere? But you know, the, the cough, ha- the cough has decided. But I'm like, you know, if I go, do they have kids? I mean, it's like because of the uncertainty 
of the ability to check things. You don't have one centralized place where you can go and get information. Ebola, we knew the president was on top of it. You know, even when you talk about the swine flu, even though you know President Obama was criticized for that, I still think the response was definitely a hundred times better than what we what we're seeing now, Mr. Elliott. So, you know, the bottom line is that when you have someone at the top that people don't trust, people have no direction, then you have confusion. So you have folks who are walking around here that may need to get checked out, but they don't know there's nothing in place to take care of this, especially now that you know that they knew this in 2017. They were warned about this type of stuff. It's interesting. But still, do we have a phone call? Yes, we do. Yeah, Who do we, we have, Mr. Uh, we got Steve, man. Uh, you know, this is Are you talking about Steve that used to be on the show, Steve? Yeah. yeah the, one the one that voted for Trump. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, you shouldn't even turn. You shouldn't even bring him, up, bring him in. Okay, Steve, you have approximately two minutes to say what you have to say. What's <laughs> happening, brother? Welcome into the show. Uh, up, doing Steve? great. Doing great in Yorktown, Indiana. Doing great, fellas. And I'm, I'm very, very disappointed uh, with the social engineering going on nowadays. So what's important, fellas, this is going to be life-saving. It's very important that magnesium, Americans, you're 80% deficient in magnesium. You're not going to be able to absorb vitamin D without magnesium. And I'm not talking about no multivitamin. I'm talking about a full magnesium supplement. And that T-Mobile 5G network is rolled around. It's out all over the country. And you need magnesium. That 5G network is going to lower your magnesium level. That's going to save lives, and it's going to help you absorb vitamin D. And also, I'm very upset because you guys have allowed social engineering in this country, not just this people on the show, the whole country, because 90,000 die every month from car accidents. 1.8 million around the world die every month from heart disease and cancer. 4,000 people die, and then everybody just loses their, completely loses their minds. This is social engineering. That is what that term is called. You're being socially engineered. And if you continue to allow these powerful people to engineer you socially, what's going to happen, you eventually you're not going to be able to leave your house unless your smartphone authorizes you to leave your house. So if you keep giving the power to the media, this is what's going to happen to you. Steve. Okay, this is very, Steve, very listen, important man, that you always, understand. Yeah, yeah. No, no, listen, I, just, I'm with you on that, man, but we're, but we're up against a break. So, you know, hold on, brother. We'll, okay. we'll get you back in okay. here, man. Hold on, because you, you got some right. things you definitely want to get off your chest. And, we, you know, we want to give people the opportunity to talk whether we agree with it or not, you know, just, just the way it is. Now, we're talking about the coronavirus, and one of the things that we talk about are what we're trying to focus on what's happening with our individual families, what's happening at work. You know, I was a little, you know, um, uh, surprised to hear that churches are closing down and, 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 you know, if it's a big church, you know, if you live in a state where they're saying that, you know, you can't congregate more than 250, I can definitely understand that. But here's something that we're not thinking about either. America's prisons. You know, the bottom line is, is that uh, this could be a place where this thing is festering and it could be an incubator for this. So this morning in this week's edition of Informants, unless something that you need to know, you know, take a look at the prisons and what type of effect that the coronavirus could be having in our nation's prisons because we talk about everything else, but we never, ever, ever look at those who are incarcerated. And guess what? They are a part of society as well. They may be a locked-up part of society, but at some point in time, 
these people want to get loose. So it's time for this week's edition of Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. As COVID-19 spreads, public health officials are telling people to stay home if they feel sick. That's not an option in jails and prisons. As NPR's Martin Costi reports, there's concern about protecting inmates, staff, and the public. Robert Greifinger is a doctor who spent the last 25 years working on health care issues inside prisons and jails. And he says this social distancing advice that we're all hearing right now is not that simple behind bars. There are crowding issues, ventilation issues, security issues where people have to be checked and monitored fairly frequently. So it's really hard to do. But he says if jails and prisons are complacent about coronavirus, they run the risk of becoming, as he puts it, incubators. Since jail and prison staff and prisoners tend to be younger, one thinks initially that it's not going to be a big problem. But remember that staff work shifts, they come in in and out of the facility, and they may be bringing that infection home to people who have compromised immune systems. When NPR first started asking jails and prisons what they were doing about coronavirus, most of them pointed to their existing plans for other infectious diseases, such as tuberculosis. But now some of them are taking extra specific steps. One of the earliest to do so is the South Correctional Entity, or SCORE. It's a jail with almost 600 inmates near Seattle. Four times a day we're wiping down the entire jail, including the cells, and we're wiping down before and after inmates come in. Devin Shrum is the jail's director. She says they're orienting their inmates to practice good hand hygiene, and she's considering giving them supervised access to hand sanitizer. It's usually contraband in jails because of the alcohol content. She says they've also identified holding areas with separate air handling to house inmates when they do test positive. We have 24-7 medical coverage. So at this point, we're prepared to treat in place and to minimize the risk to the rest of the population. Still, just like the outside world, there will be a subset of COVID-19 cases in jails and prisons that will be serious and which will end up adding to the burden of local hospitals. Jose Saldana spent 38 years in prison. It's probably going to be deadly for some of the elderly people that I left behind. Saldana is director of an organization in New York called the Release Aging People in Prison Campaign. And he says this crisis is a good reason for clemency boards to be considering which older sick prisoners might stand a better chance of surviving all of this back home. Let's look at this realistically for what it is. To keep such men in prison, to die, knowing that they're going to die, it's just pure revenge. It's not justice. Of course, there's no way of knowing right now how many older prisoners are actually at risk of dying. But there may be other reasons to let some of them go. Mark Stern used to be the top medical officer for the Washington State Department of Corrections, and he's now recommending that jails and prisons at least consider which of their inmates might be safely released early. I think we are at that point because we don't want to be caught behind the ball. We'd like to be ahead of the ball. In other words, we don't want to find one day that a number of officers have called in sick and we're having trouble managing the institution. He thinks it would be better to talk to judges and parole systems now about who could be released in case things get to that point. Martin Costi, NPR News, Seattle. Welcome back to 347-850-1272. It's a serious side, 38 minutes after the hour. You know what time it is. It is time for 
something that's been going for a long time. YTP, a.k.a. Your Thoughts, Please. And just a reminder, since it's been a while since we did it, YTP is where we try to discuss as many stories as we can in one segment. So without any further ado, let's get into today's or let's get into today's first topic. In front of all the customers. Two black employees claim they were targeted with racial discrimination. Amira Donahue was the hostess on duty as the incident unfolded. She says a customer's request for hot water turned into something ugly. But she asked for a server that wasn't black. And the manager complied. And I do agree that that was a bad decision at the moment, but... There was a way, better way that could have been handled. Donahue says the woman's actions didn't stop there. And the lady also made comments about me to my other coworkers saying that I'm not family friendly, that I should go work at a strip club instead of an olive garden, that am I even black, like am I from here, am I from America, just like offhand comments like that and referring me to like the other one. An Olive Garden spokesman says the company does not tolerate discrimination of any type and that senior leadership is investigating. The Evansville NAACP says it has not received a formal complaint, but it is also investigating. Reverend Gerald Arnold says he is withholding judgment and he wants to make sure everyone's voices are being heard. It's, it's probably not going to be the culture because they have a very diverse staff, a very diverse clientele. I go there myself. Okay, and uh, so 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 we have to investigate all those things. As for Donahue, she says she's still reeling from the pain and shocked at the events of that Saturday night dinner rush, but hopeful that a positive change will come from this experience. I was never expected to be just so apparent in public, and it was just like it's 2020, not 1920. We should be over this. Something should have been done, and I feel like it should take more than just social media to get a problem like this out there. And tonight, we're told the server involved in that incident isn't emotionally ready for an interview. Now, as for that investigation, Olive Garden does say it will continue to look into the matter. You know, it's interesting because this story could fall under a number of topics. It could have fallen under the, you know, living while black segment that we used to do. Let me start this one off with you, Jerome. Uh Dude, I mean, my goodness, man. I mean, we still live in a country. It's unbelievable that people are always saying, well, I hope change happens. I hope change happens. We live in a country where there are people that walk amongst us who are just blatant with this nonsense. And the bottom line is, is that I think that our president fuels this nonsense. You know what I mean? Your thoughts, please. Well, yeah, he does fuel it. But at the same time, this is the country we live in. We should not be deceived by thinking that it's something that it's not. And we just have to kind of own it. I mean, corporations have to do what they have to do um, because they want the customers. So if you're going to actually make it uncomfortable for black people to be there, then technically we don't need to shop there. But but here's my question for you, just to follow up based on what you just said. When Can we can we blame the company for this? Because they have yes. minority workers there. I mean, so so how does a company stop a racist from walking in their doors and saying derogatory things? I think, okay, I see where you're going. I think where you're going is the fact that because the story, if you were following this story, the manager actually uh, uh, obliged the request. It's okay, it sent a, it sent a white server over there. So, okay, I see where you're going with it. Right, and so when white folks accommodate racists and make everybody else feel uncomfortable and say, hey, don't worry about it, if it was a black person, they would have 
they would have sent the black person to jail. They'd have called the cops. If a black person mm-hmm. went to Olive Garden right now and said, I don't want no white people serve me, they'd have been like, you got to get out. Their reactions are mm-hmm. different when it comes to people, when it comes to black people in particular. So we are not so conscious of it because it's just like having a racist president like Donald Trump. There are black people who are mm-hmm. like, well, the economy is good. Like they can't, they are conditioned under the same conditions that white folks are, right? They'll look mm-hmm. at somebody like Trump and go, I have an uncle like that, I have a cousin like that, and they're cool people. Yeah, so what? He womenized. Mm-hmm. But I, I have an ex-boyfriend that's like that. Like, they will justify it. Mm-hmm. If a black person did that, yeah. it would Me Too movement that fool up out of here. Mm-hmm. We have different remedies when it comes to black people. And so if black people are on the opposite side of justice, like, we get the full burden or the full force of the legal system on us. But for white folks, it's like, oh, just let it go. He's just a jerk. Everybody ain't like that. So the the person working there could, by right, have a complaint and sue them because the corporate actions against the person that was creating the hostile environment for that person, they did nothing. Why have policies if you ain't going to do anything? That's a good point. Vanessa May Belly from the Macinelli, your thoughts, please. Well... It happened to me, so I was at work, and somebody said they did not want me to serve them, and I went back up to the front and told the lead flight attendant that that person back there didn't want me to serve them, and it was coming out of Baltimore. The flight was coming out of Baltimore, and they were appalled, and was back to him told that person that if I couldn't serve them because it was my section, then they would have nothing on this three-hour flight because, you know, they it was not a racist company like that and that they didn't do those kind of things and it wasn't about color who served you and we all were sanitary and we all blah, blah, blah. And that person on a three-hour flight got nothing. Wow, good for her. Uh, good, good for her. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, because you know, there are some people who are outraged. I remember that situation that happened in Starbucks, where people, uh, where they asked the guy to leave. Remember, we covered that story a few years back, and there were white people who actually went off, like, "Hey, what are you doing? I come here every day and do this. You don't say nothing to me, but these brothers in here, you saying that you asking them to leave? All right, Johnny D, man, your thoughts, please, on this topic, man. Really not surprised. Uh, just, you know, I, I don't even know if I can say disappointed. You know, I, I just think people have become so emboldened and blatant with it now. And the reality of it is that large, um, uh, you know, organizations and companies uh, simply, you know, talk about diversity training and, and apologize to to the racist person and, and, and the bigot that will say the commentary. And, but, you know, unfortunately, I tell you, I've seen the reverse, okay? Um, like I say, typically, you know, it's going to always be where you got uh, some condescending uh, individual who feels like they're more entitled or and uh, or fluent. Uh, that's generally how, how, how it goes, where they, where they talk down to the person that's providing service. In this case, it just so happened to be based off of her race. Uh, it, you know, we're seeing it more and more. It's alarming. 
what we do about it moving forward is just kind of educate our, our folks on, on, you know, remaining dignified and, and having dignity in, in what we do and putting some pressure, some economic pressures on, on these companies to make them uh, stand up a lot more. You know, it's just like with Starbucks, okay, you, you, you shut down. Now, financially, I'm sure it hurt them, but you have training. But the truth of the matter is that if, if you go into a Starbucks right now, there's still a tone uh, with some of the employees. And when you got a, a vast amount of employees, it, you know, people do their own individual things. But the customer itself, uh, I didn't really hear the entire story, uh, Jay, and that's unfortunate. So I don't know if they asked him to leave, leave the restaurant or what have you. But no, no, no. What, what happened was they, they continued to serve. I mean, they, they actually uh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they actually that, granted their request. So they did bring in a, a, a white you know server what? over. I, yeah. Yeah, that, that that shame on them, man. I mean, like I say, at, at some point, if if you if if you come after my employees, I'm gonna come after you with the same vigor, yeah. you know. So I'm not one of those yeah. who who have who have learned, you know, that uh, if, if 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 you smack me in the face uh, to turn the other cheek, I, yeah. I haven't quite learned that yet. So, uh, but yeah. the shame on them. Brother I mean, that, Malcolm that makes, versus brother, brother King. And, and make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It, it makes it even worse. I mean, when you sit back and 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 you dignify such a request. Um, yeah. Oh wow! I, I tell you, man. I, I hope the young lady yeah. gets paid because the 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 now on on the face is is the management and oligarchy. I mean, forget yeah. about that. The, the little racist person that said it. Now it's some organizational racism, and that's, that's absolutely that's even worse. And that's the best thing, Johnny, that could have happened to that female. The fact that, you know, Olive Garden, their manager went through it. So hopefully she'll get broke off real quick. Mr. Elias, man, your thoughts, please, on this, brother. Well, you know something, Jay? There's even a story worse than this. They had a brother who, in Detroit, this brother got a large amount of checks from from winning a lawsuit, right? So he goes to his bank, DCF Bank, and... He goes to cash one of the checks because he's going to buy a car from this check, from these checks, right? And he's going to deposit the other money in the bank. They told him, the lady called the cops on him because she said, he only had, man, keep in mind, he only had 52 cents in his account at the time, but he, had, he, had, he was a customer there. They, 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 they had him removed from the bank. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he had how much in the man. bank, Liz? He had 52, 52 cents. cents in the bank, but he... He had just won a hundred thousand dollar discrimination lawsuit. Well, add so, some more money to it, ching to ching. Yeah, yeah, add more money to it. Okay, we got to get to the next one, boy. I tell you what, that was a good one. That was a good one. We got to get to the next one. Here we go. That's right. Well, my photographer and I got here literally a minute before the game ended. That's a minute before fans started pouring through these doors, making their way through these metal detectors. And tonight, fans, most fans were frustrated, upset, and confused after the NBA announced tonight that they are suspending the rest of the games of the season. This all after they say a player on the Utah Jazz tested positive for the coronavirus. The league says that they found out about that positive test tonight just moments before tip-off between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Utah Jazz. They say that game was immediately canceled. And again, the rest of the games so far this season are going to be suspended. And here's what some fans had to say about that. Corona's like, it seems kind of basic, like the common cold. So I'm just kind of like, uh, should we cancel games? Probably not. 
I think that we should just be more precautious in how we handle things with people. Dang if you do, dang if you don't, you know. I guess you, um, when something doesn't have to be played or, you know, a life or death situation, I think we just go from there. I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but I guess it's a safe call. So again, right now, the NBA pulling the plug on the rest of the NBA season. They say that this tonight's game here at State Farm Arena and the rest of the games played tonight are the last games until played until further notice. They say they will be taking this time, this break, to figure out their next step living in this new coronavirus pandemic. Reporting live in Atlanta, I'm Trace Bragg, CBS 40. <laughs> Now I tell you something, I'll be honest with you. When I got when the news came out that the NBA was going to shut their season down, that threw me for a loop. I mean, look, I'm being serious anyway about this. I have all my little hand sanitation you know, hand sanitations out. I, I'm on my daughter about using this stuff. And, you know, I have a whole bunch of this stuff. And I'm like, when that happened, uh, Vanessa, that made me say, uh oh, this is for real, because that's a lot of money. The NBA set the standard, and once that happened, then other pro leagues fell in the suit. So do you think, once again, is this overboard? Because now there are nine NBA players who are infected with the virus. Is this overboard? Or, my God, or is it a situation where we really need to do this? Because this is really and truly a health scare and something that we have to be mindful of. Your thoughts, please. Okay. So let me start by saying, when they shut the rodeo down in Houston, Texas. Oh, God. So <laughs> you know, you always read about you. Stop. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I wasn't going to the rodeo. I'm just saying, uh, look at how much money that yeah, was sure. that was lost and how many people yeah. from all over the world came. So the first yep. thing for us was when they shut the rodeo down, everybody was in shock. Then when they did the NBA, I guess it just didn't hit me as hard because once you shut the rodeo down. I think the NBA down, was first, right? What's the NBA first? What's the NBA first? Not I don't the think so. Yes, they yeah, were. I think the NBA was, was first. first. I think the NBA was first because, matter of fact, they canceled the NBA. What was it, Mr. Elias? Was, was it on a Wednesday when they did that? Yeah. And the rodeo mm-hmm. was still going because my kids actually went to the rodeo. So I, I, I know, think I that's something that happened beforehand. You're uh, right. I knew because I've seen your kids at the rodeo. <laughs> I did yeah. see them at the rodeo. But you know what? It's a lot of stuff being canceled in Houston. There was something else going on this weekend. It's just craziness to me. So you know what? We're just going to pack up and go camping and go to the water because ain't no Coronas in the water. <laughs> that we know Coronas in the water, but they're in the cooler. Ain't no Coronas <laughs> in the water. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh, yay! I'm just saying, this is serious. You can't go nowhere. No, this is a serious thing. This is serious. Let me let me go to Jerome. Jerome, man, when the NBA shut down, I mean, were you surprised by that, or did, or was it a good move? What are your thoughts on that, brother? No, I wasn't surprised. Once one of the players, the the problem is once the players get infected, then the other players get yeah. infected, right? So they're shaking yeah. fans' hand and signing autographs and throwing their headbands into the stands. Like that's a that's oh, yeah, a problem. That's right. Right, and so yeah. if you look at the bigger picture, you know this this virus. It, people keep calling it a cold or flu virus, and you know, speaking yeah. of uh, medical stuff, I actually talked to Kathleen Williams. What was about a week or so ago, 
And you know, Kathleen, okay. you know, if they're listening, Kathleen calling. But Kathleen and I were talking, and she said, you know, this seems a little bit more like, um, what did she say, Legionnaire's disease. Because what's mm-hmm. going on is that it is actually airborne. And I think nobody's really saying that. They're, they're saying it. I thought it they so said it wasn't, though. I, I thought they said they it wasn't airborne. They did say it was airborne. It I, thought they, I thought they said it wasn't at first. I know they said it wasn't. Well, you know, that's what I heard. I don't know. Wow. Right, right. But they, they didn't say that because they didn't know, right? But the problem is, uh, even okay. if you look at what they did in China, like, about two weeks yeah. ago, they were outside spraying, like they were spraying for E. coli. Or, or I'm sorry, E. coli, but uh, wow. triple yeah. like, needleborn stuff. They, they were, were spraying outside. That should tell you something. So, mm. what they're is that the, those particles, like when you cough, are la- they're, it lasts in the air for about 10 minutes. So we have little mm-hmm. droplets when you're coughing or you spit. That stuff is floating. Right. So the thing about the pandemic is like the symptoms are cold or flu symptoms, but this is not the cold or flu. That's why when somebody has it around you, they don't say, Oh, if you haven't touched anybody who has it, you may get it. They're saying if you've been around them, which means if they were talking or not mm. even just coughing, but if there's droplets mm. of, like, saliva or anything, like, just from them talking, it is staying airborne for about 10 minutes. Wow. So we're talking about something else. And, I, I you know, it, 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 it's interesting to me that our, our self, our, our defense mechanism is, it ain't that bad, just so that everybody does not get scared. That's why we do that. But I think the bigger picture is you have to just be conscious about your space. That's where they were like, stay three to six feet away from people. Because even if they're talking right. and they're coughing the other way, you won't walk in the midst of what they're spitting. It's pretty much what they're pretty much saying. So the yeah, bigger you're pitch, right. You, and you're right. With, with that three to five, yeah, because you were saying, you said it sneeze. I heard a report that it said that um, basically what happened is if you if you are within X amount of feet of it, if you stay, that's why they recommend you stay six feet away or something like that because it won't go that far if you sneeze. So yeah, you're right about that, man. That's let's get information but, but right that's, there. That's, that's only like a flu thing. So if you sneeze about six feet, it's still going to hit the ground. With this with this virus, it is airborne. Uh, so yeah. they're not really okay. talking about the airborne thing. Airborne side of it because of the mass hysteria of paranoia. You know, people buying toilet paper oh. like they don't have no doggone sense. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, so people get paranoid yeah. and they start wiling out. Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa. No, no. It's not me. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, let me get, man, we get, man we're going to run out. We, we're not going to get this last one in. All right, Johnny D, man, real quick, man, give me your thoughts, please, on this one, brother. What do you think, man? When the NBA shut down, I know that you were thinking, oh, oh. I know, you know, hey, you're a big sports guy. That, I mean, this is unprecedented, right? The last time we saw something like this was 9-11. I mean, but good God, we're talking about indefinite until further notice. Matter of fact, they stopped one game in, in halftime. Like, let's just let's shut it down. Exactly. No March exactly. Madness. I mean, come on, man. Good gracious. Jay, now, 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 you know I don't, I don't speak in, in, in short terms, and you're taking up my minute. So, I'm right, sorry. I'm going to say this right here. <laughs> When when I saw the, 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 the news flash that said that the NBA had suspended the season, and at that time the ACC tournament was going on, and they said that that was going to be the last game, that's when a, a heightened sense of awareness should have came over the land because 
you, you can imagine that those billionaires, before they decided that they was going to make that happen, they done consulted. So they know more than what the American people know. And that's part of the fact because we, we, we've got a, 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 a lying individual uh, who, who's running Washington up there. So clearly they know more and have been informed a lot more than the American people. Um, Wait a minute, how true is that, John? Let me ask you something. I'm going to give you more time. Let me ask you a question. How true is that? Because remember, one of the classic clips that they've been showing is when Mark Cuban found out. He didn't even know. So, I mean, how really true is it that these big bank people knew what was going on? Because you saw his reaction when he saw the news flash that, oh, my God, really? So do they really know what's going on? Well, this is what I'm saying. For them to, to bring the season and suspend it is more serious in its impact in America more than what it is. Now, imagine this right here. You go from Rudy Gobert touching microphones and being one to this morning having nine. And, that, and, and all the players haven't been tested now. Okay, so then you think about, you know, the trickle effect, all the trainers, all the persons that come in contact, the media. So I, what I'm saying is this here. I, rem- I remember seeing Cuban's reaction. Now, he may not have, have, have come to the understanding that uh, it was going to be that immediate, but the information that uh-huh. someone has is saying that, you know what, this is more critical. Because you're talking about March Madness. You know, you, you look at all of these individual yeah. uh, sport events, uh, the, the XL, the NHL, Major League Baseball. You're talking about billionaires, and they're not going to let you impact their money unless it's something that's dire straight. Now, uh, let, let's look at this right here. Let's throw out these numbers. Let's go back to 1918 with the Spanish flu, okay? You're talking about n- nationally, worldwide, 20 to 50 million people are estimated to have died, nearly 700,000 in the United States. Let's go back to, okay. to 2009, H1N1. Uh, I think nearly uh, o- over half a million people died. Ebola, 14,000 people died. So these pandemics have a tendency to wipe generations out. So clearly, clearly, this is more serious than what people take it. Um, and, and right now, we're just simply dealing with the trickle effects as far as these, these generous numbers because we don't have adequate testing. You know, once again, America feels like, okay, you know what, I'm better than everybody else. When this, when this started to, 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 to matriculate in, in, in Asia... In China, we should have already been on board with test kits then. You know, I read an article where Hong Kong is testing 13 to 14,000 people a day, and America's talking about in each state 100 tests. Give me a break. Wow. Oh, boy. Well, I tell you what, it's uh, it's something that's here. And like I that's said, I really took notice of this thing. Now. Yeah. Uh, this this is this is crazy. This is crazy, crazy, crazy. And to be perfectly honest with you, uh, when when that happens, when I saw that the NBA shut down, and then you saw Major League Baseball try to hold on for a second, but then it was like, you know, we just shut it down. And poor XFL. I mean, God, they're just getting started. And they had to shut it down. So man, that's not going to help them at all. This is bad. This is a bad situation. And my goodness, we just hope and pray that. Uh, you know, we can get past this because the effect that it's having on the markets, the effect that it's having on businesses, I mean, it's just tremendous. I mean, I just haven't seen anything like this before. It's, you know, we lived during some interesting times. We lived during the, the, the Michael Jordan era. We lived, you know, during 9-11. We have lived through some historical events. And my goodness, man, this is this is one right there. All right, it is time for this week's edition. It's time for this week's edition of After the Break. 
after the break is when I ask my panelists a question. And I give them the break to think about it. And then on the other side, they have approximately 90 seconds to respond to my question. This past week, uh, Andrew Gilliam, you, you guys know who he is, right? He's the guy who almost won the gubernatorial race in Florida. Well, this past week, he was caught in a hotel room with a uh, with drugs. He was caught in a hotel room with a drug uh, user and a gay male escort. Now, uh, so the question is, has will this have a permanent uh, effect on his political career? Because you know, one of the things I always thought during this season, I'm like, why no one's talking about him? Why did he run for president? Because you know, before this happened, I was like, hey, I thought this guy would have a chance, or at least he would play a role in the upcoming Democratic administration. So the question is, after break question this morning is. Has this situation with Andrew Gillum, has this hurt his political future? We'll talk about it on the other side. You listen to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. Don't go nowhere. Thank you. 
Welcome back to the serious side. If you are just joining us, here's what you have missed so far. My fellow Americans, tonight I want to speak with you about our nation's unprecedented response to the coronavirus outbreak that started in China and is now spreading throughout the world. Today, the World Health Organization officially announced that this is a global pandemic. We have been in frequent contact with our allies, and we are marshalling the full power of the federal government and the private sector to protect the American people. This is the most aggressive and comprehensive effort to confront a foreign virus in modern history. I am confident that by counting and continuing to take these tough measures, we will significantly reduce the threat to our citizens and we will ultimately and expeditiously defeat this virus. This is new. Uh, no, but I think it's a great decision by the NBA. I think they know what they're doing. I think it's better to be careful. You know, do it now than rather than do it later. So, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. It's different. Uh, for the young guys, it's, it's a new thing. I've been in lockouts. It's kind of kind of the same. This is hopefully this is, turns out a positive, you know. But she asked for a server that wasn't black, and the manager complied. And I do agree that that was a bad decision at the moment. But there was a way, better way that could have been handled. It is the serious side. I'm Jay Rao. And once again, thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us. As always, I never share the stage. And like I say, we want to say hello to you just in case you're just tuning in. So let's say good morning to you like we always do. All right. To my sis, my big sis, Vanessa Mae Belly, friend of Mac and Nelly, is in the house. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody, and though I might be making a little bit of a joke about it, it's a serious situation, and I don't want y'all to think I'm not taking it seriously because I am. Good morning. Good morning to you. To the brother who I call the educator brother, my little brother, Johnny D, in the place to, in the place to be. He hasn't been washed with the blood just yet this morning, but uh, he is in the house. Good morning, John. How you doing? <laughs> Good morning, well, okay, you, you didn't get a full, you took a shower, you didn't take a bath, you took a shower. All right, I got it, okay. <laughs> oh, man, the educated brother himself, Mr. Johnny D. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, is in the house. Can't wait to hear what he has on the docket this, uh, in about, uh, I don't know, about 30 minutes or so. What's going on, Jerome? Good morning. How you doing? Hey, good morning, man. I'm good. How are you? Hey, brother. Just another day in paradise, no palm trees. And the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's going on, man? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. All right, Mr. Elias, as usual, can we say hi to some people? Are we not saying hi to people? What are we doing this morning? We got Covina Man in there. Of course, the race is easy. We got Mr. Talk and our very own Rich Sister. Good morning, Rich Sister. 
Hey, rich sister, what's going on, baby? Hey. Ma. Oh, no. Good, good, good. Well, let me yeah. tell you what's up to the pastor. The pastor's in the house. What's going on, pastor? Oh. Pastor. You know, I wonder if he went to, uh, I wonder, Pastor, I mean, I don't know your church schedule. I, I forgot what you told me. Let, let me know in your comments. Uh, I locked yeah. the one in you put, but send me another one. I want to know what's going on. Mariana Music checked in. Yeah. What's going on, Mariana Music? Yes, sir. That Mariana, baby, that was called on me by my wife to be Layla Hathaway, by the way. I forgot to do that. Oh, I was slipping. Uh, you you I was hear slipping. that? His wife to be said. I tell you, that's where you hit. That's where you rank with him, Mariana. I keep trying to tell you that guy don't like you. All right, what's going on, sweetie? Francisco is in the house. What's going on, Francisco? Eddie, uh, George. Ooh, look at that. Eddie George. Eddie George. Yeah, that's, a, that's a football player. But George is in the house. Good morning. How are you? Uh, Jan. Uh, can't say that. Is it Claudia? Okay, Claudia. Just a lot of people listening on social media. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Plus, Steve checked in with us. Uh, our former, one of the former hosts of the show. Uh, we can check with us see if he has any more comments he want to add to the show. But it's a beautiful day. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. And remember, you know there are things that you can do to make sure that you're keeping yourself and your loved ones safe from the coronavirus. You know, simple things, you know, don't touch your hands, don't be shaking hands with people, fist bumps, elbows, even though I heard the elbow thing they're trying to discourage because as you lean in to give the elbow bump, you're coming closer and closer with their face. So now they're saying just do the extended arm bump to keep that distance, right? So make sure you wash your hands at least 20 seconds. Things like that, even though I did hear somebody say, one of the experts say that, you know, wash your hands is not really, that's not really doing anything. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. So just take the necessary precautions and stay prayed up because you never know what can happen. All right, it is time for the third and final topic of the day. On Sunday, I very much look forward to the debate in Arizona with my friend Joe Biden. And let me be very frank as to the questions that I will be asking Joe. Joe, what are you going to do for the 500,000 people who go bankrupt in our country because of medically related debt? And what are you going to do for the working people of this country and small business people who are paying on average 20% of their incomes for health care? Joe, what are you going to do to end the absurdity of the United States of America being the only major country on earth where health care is not a human right? That was Bernie Sanders, of course, uh, saying basically after he got his butt kicked after one of the election cycles, saying, okay, Joe, this is what we're going to do. These are the questions I'm going to ask you, which is really unprecedented because you usually don't have you know, uh, a political rival will tell you exactly what they're going to ask you uh, during the next session. So, um, you know, Vanessa, let me start this segment off with you. Um, is this a situation where Bernie Sanders is trying to say, okay, look, I know I'm not going to get enough delegates to win this thing, so let's go ahead and coalesce around Biden, even though I'm going to continue to, to, to debate him. Uh, but these are things that you need to be able to address. Because nobody does that. And so a lot of people are looking at it and say, okay, he is putting out tea leaves to get Biden to say, okay, you need to answer these questions, uh, Joe Biden. So what, what do you think? What do you think is going on here? What you, and what do you think about the debate? No people there. Uh, and uh, just give me your thoughts. 
does Bernie Sanders get to ask the question? They're still not going to have a commentator? So let me start by asking that question. Is there not going to be a commentator? Okay. Hello? Yeah, I, I think they're going to have one, Vanessa. Okay. I don't know what Jay is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss okay. Elias. But Mr. Elias pulled me a conference. My bad. It was his fault. I blame him. So anyway, uh, but no, uh, no, Bernie Sanders is not asking any questions. Bernie Sanders, remember he gave this speech afterwards, after his loss, right? Remember when he lost, he stood up behind the podium, and those were the questions that he said he was going to ask Joe Biden, you know, during the debate. And so when it's a one-on-one debate, you know, a lot of times they'll let the candidates kind of interact with each other, Right. So, so I think that's I think that's where he's going with that. Okay, hey, these are the things that you need to be able to answer. But a lot of people are saying, and I definitely can't wait to get Jerome's scoop on this. A lot of people are saying, look, this could be a way of him saying, look, I know that I can't. The math is not there, even though I have a different theory that I want to throw out there. But the bottom line is that do you think by him asking these questions up front, because, you know, when you're debating, it's a, strat- it's a strategic thing you're trying to get the drop on your opponent. He's telling them up front, these are the things that I'm going to press you on when we sit down tonight, or well, on Sunday night, which is tonight. So what do you think? you think Bernie Sanders is trying to coalesce the party? Is he trying to make inroads? What do, why do you think he did what he did? I'm going to pass for me, but I just think that he's just trying to do what he did to Hillary and hold on to the end and then tell them this is what I want in order for my people to vote for you. I don't like what Bernie Sanders is doing, so it makes me not like him, but I think he's just going to pull the same mess on Biden on Hillary. I think that he's going to say, look, if you want my people, then I want you to promise that you're going to do this, 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 and this. But you know what? Well, isn't that the same thing that Elizabeth? But hold up, is that the same thing Elizabeth Warren is doing? Elizabeth Warren has to come out and and, and she hasn't uh, endorsed anybody. Yeah. And a lot of people say, well, she's not because she's trying to make sure That'll when she steps out there, huh? That doesn't make it right what Elizabeth Warren is doing either. Okay, well, I just, she's doing it. Okay, all right. I agree with you. I agree with you. She's doing it because she's trying to hold on to see what she can get for her people. So Biden's okay. going to be making deals left, right, and center. All right. Well, there you go. All right, uh, Jerome, I've been waiting for this one. All right, Jerome, what, what, you know, what do you think, man? I mean, the bottom line is, let me let me get you to answer the question. Here's a theory that I want to throw out there, and I want to get your expertise. So since you have the mic, I want to hear what you have to say about this one as well. The coronavirus, we know that it affects older Americans. We know that that's Biden's demographic. I mean, you know, so my question, two questions, actually, once again, the same question that I had for Vanessa. And my second question is, do you think this coronavirus changes, you know, changes this race a little bit? Because everybody's talking about how all the remaining contests, the demographics work for Biden. But if we're telling seniors to stay at home and we know for a fact that, you know, Bernie Sanders is really winning the demographics of people 40 and younger. What do you think, man? What do you think? Um, I'm I'm trying to think where where to begin with that. Um, As far as Bernie Sanders is concerned, I think that he – you have to remember why we do a Democratic primary and how the conventions work. Conventions work to Uh integrate platforms anyway, right? So it's not that he – Bernie Sanders is holding out until he can hold Biden hostage. The trick of 
politics is the reason that everybody came out and endorsed Biden early is because Biden mopped the floor with all of those fools. And if they didn't come in early, then they would have no say. So it's a calculation of having some kind of say in platform. So that's how Bernie Sanders is doing is He's saying, these are things that I want to ask Biden so that more people would pressure him to do things that's more on his agenda or his platform. I don't think he believes, like, remotely that he can win. I believe right now they're just forcing um, agenda. But just like all agendas, they, they do that at the Democratic Convention, that they, as a party, has a platform that they're pushing. That's why when people started getting so nitpicky of from one to the other, I kept thinking that, you know, you when people say, you know, here's Biden's past and here's what he's done in the past, Biden seems more reasonable and has more compassion so that if something that he thought before is not working, it's now it's time to lobby him. To create a Congress that's more liberal, then they would send a bill to the president that's more liberal. Not the president that needs to be... Um, a socialist or that needs to be a progressive. It is their Congress. They actually move the president one side or the other. So that's what he's attempting to do is to try to um, push Biden in a certain direction. Forget Bernie's people. Because how this works is if you go back and look at the numbers, they're saying overwhelmingly young people are voting for Bernie. And I think that's a misnomer. You know, I, I think that when I look at this stuff on on the on the number side, I think Biden has the, the influx of new people. So forget how old they are. If they're new, they're going to Biden, which means that the pre the votes that happened prior to election day, that stuff started to split up so much that it looked like Bernie had a big lead. Bernie's league is is he is zero. So it's a matter of them pushing one way or another, but um, people need to get off of that. I think they're just kind of pushing somebody else's agenda. So Bernie Sanders is trying to get his agenda put on the um, platform for the Democrats. I don't think you need you don't need to bring Bernie's people in. Bernie's people are Biden's people. They're the same thing. Wow. Okay, well, what about you, uh, Johnny, man? What do you think, man? What do you think about this whole thing? Do you think it's a situation where, you know, I've never seen where a political candidate said, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. This is what I'm going to bring to you. And a lot of folks are reading into this saying, hey, maybe this is a way of saying, look, I can't win this thing. So here are some things I'm going to expect Joe Biden to do. So what are your thoughts on this? You know, respectfully, I'm going to step out something that, that I generally don't do and that's forecast another person's thoughts. What I what I believe is that Bernie Sanders is sincere in the fact that Donald Trump has to go. Okay. I, I, I truly believe in that. You know, his continuance in 2016 uh, in, in the primary there was the fact that he was out and I, I think he was optimistic and pretty probably found himself in a position that he never thought that he would be in and he just got overzealous and just kept coming. Now the downside to to that particular uh, election cycle was the the obvious interference with Russia played a role in it. But I think that there was no real grace uh, from Hillary Clinton, which means she felt like she had a wave and she really didn't reach out and try to wrap her arms around Bernie's movement because he does have a movement. 
Now, Biden doesn't seem to be making that same um, misstep. You you can see he's already making some provisions to be humble in, in, in victory thus far. Endorsements do matter. I mean, I think that his ability to have those two big Tuesdays came in the fact that you start having candidates that was more reflective towards his style of management endorse him and support him. So we, we saw it with, 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 with the King making in South Carolina with Clyborn. And I think Budacek and Globachor and, and, and also um, Bloomberg, I think their endorsements help. And then clearly, I don't know if he wins Texas if Beto O'Rourke doesn't come out. So, you know, if you if, if you recall Beto O'Rourke and, and that performance that he had with uh, Ted Cruz, he gained some real political capital. Now, he was the first one to bow out this year. But the reality of it is, is that he still got a strong support because – if you, you, you remember all the money he generated? So, you know, those are the things that you exercise your political capital. And I think what Bernie is doing, uh, and it's going to be interesting because you won't have a fanfare in there tonight. You won't have the oohs and the odds. You're just going to have two candidates going issue for issue. What my hope is tonight is that Joe Biden does enough to where he doesn't get in there and just totally gets uh, – sidetrack in regards to his front running status. You know, think about three or four weeks ago when Jerome talked about him coming out with his wife. I mean, when you see them together, you see presidential. Am I right or wrong? You you, you see presidential. Um, I think he looks good. I think he looks good with his wife up there. Uh, He's clearly more presidential. His communication in regards to how he would have handled COVID-19 has certainly impressed persons to say, you know what? Wow, if it was him versus this clown that we, this criminal that we have now, what would be the likeness of? But I think Bernie is doing what anybody else would do. He's exercising his political capital, and I, I believe that he's sincere. Uh, after this coming Tuesday here, what I would like to see is a strong outpouring for Joe Biden to confirm that, that the primaries is, is literally done. And Bernie step aside, and that Joe Biden continues to unite the party. What about you, Mr. Elias? Your thoughts? Well, you know what? I at this point in time, man, I don't know what to believe because why would he come out and and tell this man to be? I mean, it's like making him. It's like giving you the the, the test questions on a test. And you know what the you know you know how to go look up the answers. So uh, I'm a little confused by it. Usually you want to you want to come in and 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 boom boom boom. But then again, it might backfire only if Biden doesn't answer the question. You know, you, 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 I've never know politics is a dirty game, man. It is a dirty game, man. and and you know you don't know if he is. Uh, if he's going to come back and say something, uh, okay, now that you answered that question, here's another one along those lines. So it's just a dirty game, man. You know. Yeah, Bernie. I Bernie just, doesn't just, play nice anyway. He doesn't play nice with nobody. Huh? I said Bernie right. doesn't play nice with anybody anyway. So you can't expect him to be reasonable anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you just said it was right. a dirty game, but I'm like Bernie Sanders is kind of worse when it comes to Democrats because he's not a Democrat. He's pretty much hijacked yeah. the Democratic Party, so he just he he has no respect for the structure of the Democratic Party or even want them to come out of it strong. I think he lost 
I think what we're all missing, everyone's acting like, you know, Bloomberg and Warren and everybody helped Biden. Biden smoked them. And if you look at the numbers, it, the issue is, is that, yeah, he's probably getting a bump more than what he would have gotten if they didn't endorse him, but he was still going to beat them bad anyway. I think people are missing that because you know, the folks on TV are giving you a narrative. And this is why prior to him winning South Carolina, I was on the show saying that because if the narrative is what you're listening to, they're trying to make something reality, but what is going on on the ground is very different. So Biden is more presidential. He's well-rested now. He doesn't have his own campaign staff stressing him and all of these strategists stressing him, so he looks different. I've heard people say, you know, Bernie Sanders is now starting to look older than Biden. What happens is that when you're running, you are stressed in your late nights, and you're running around, so it makes you look more tired, you know, more tired. And so Biden looks better, and he's going to be a lot calmer in his debate because it's not because of being a pressure of being in a front-runner status thing. It is a matter of how you run a race. So we like to give credit. It's like pivoting back to white working-class people. Now that's who Biden needs to pivot, uh, pivot and get. That is nonsense, Right. We always negate black people and the, the power that we have inside of our own communities to do something. And every time it goes to television or mass media, they're always pivoting back to white people because that's what white supremacy is. So what happens, Bernie Sanders is going to play into that same narrative and say, if you don't listen to me, you ain't getting my people. They're not your people. Obviously, the movement is on Biden's side because this is a guy who had no money. This is a guy who had no structure in some states. Uh, there's a movement, but that movement ain't there. The movement obviously was Biden's movement. So you're about to watch that Obama coalition kick, kick, you know, click back together, and everybody's acting like they can't see it, where it's really, really obvious. We're just not talking about it. Oh, I'm sorry, it's obvious to me. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I let them off the hook. But it should be pretty obvious. Well, uh, Mr. Elias, uh, you know, what do you think, man, about this whole thing? You forgot Vanessa. Uh, just answered that question. I just answered that question. Oh, sorry, I thought I, I thought I led to set off with Vanessa. I led to set off with Vanessa, Johnny. Maybe I didn't get to you, Johnny. Come on, nope, give it to me. I know. I, I thought I, I got everybody. You got, okay, you got everybody. Okay, you got everybody. Okay, all right. You know, hey man, look, I make mistakes. Even the greatest of all time, uh, Mr. Jump Shot, every now and then. All right, so uh, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, so 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 okay. So now, so it sounds like nobody agrees with my assessment that. Uh, you know, this coronavirus could play in Bernie Sanders Bernie Sanders' favor. It sounds like nobody nobody's buying that concept. Uh, uh, you know, and I just thought you didn't well, because like I said, I mean the older well, I mean you you, you explained, I mean you, you gave me your reasons why. I just thought that, you know, because it based on what, what I'm hearing at least, that, you know, Sanders has the young vote. And if the older people can't come out, you know, they're gonna move it from retirement homes. You know, I mean, you know, because most voting places are these retirement villages and stuff. Jay, you're changing the yeah, state I mean, of the election out of state. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, some of them have, but not all. So I'm just saying, look, I, yeah. I you know, I may not be right about it, but I'm just saying that it just seems to me that it works through the vetting. Huh? Wait a minute. So you're saying if old people don't vote, Bernie Sanders can win? Well, uh, I guess I guess I am. <laughs> you have to put it like that, but yeah, okay. Hilarious. <laughs> that, that part is hilarious. It's like, you know what? 
You know, Jesse Jackson would have been president if only black people voted, too. Just wanted to put that out there. That's your coronavirus for 1988. And Thank you very much, Jerome. 347 All right, so, okay, so what do you think is going to happen tonight? Now, is there any way, because it sounds like, look, before the coronavirus, I was saying, look, this is a done deal. Now, like I said, we have difference. We're looking at it differently from this perspective. But here's my question to you. Is there anything that Bernie Sanders can do, right, tonight? Or is there anything – okay, this is Joe Biden's race to lose, right? So is there anything Biden can do tonight to mess that up? For people to say, wait a minute, I need to look at it. I need to look at him differently. Can, is, there, is there anything he can do to create that type of reaction? Just anybody can take that one. No. Yeah, I, I, Jay, I, I'll be honest. I, I really and truly don't think so. And, and and let me kind of revert back to 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 the to the numbers. Now, what what the what the political analysts are indicating is that we talk about this 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 widespread uh, young movement by Joe Biden, and, and I mean not by Joe Biden, but Bernie Sanders. Now he he himself even got on one of the most recent uh, rallies and, and said, look, you know, hey, it's great that y'all come to these rallies, but y'all got to get to to the polls. So obviously what the statistics is showing across the board is that they're really not voting in wide ranges and wide ways. Uh, now, that happened in 2008 with President Obama. So I don't think that the demographics as far as age will really, will really um, change the dynamics. And a name was just mentioned, and I was I was really gonna let him off the hook, uh, but because he's a civil rights icon. But boy, I tell you what, uh, to me, to see Jesse Jackson endorse Bernie Sanders is really, I, I think it was more of an attack on President Obama than it was on Joe Biden, because I think that he still got to axe the grind, and that just really. Uh, you know, when when I saw that, I was like, "Wow, this guy just will not let it go." But I, I'll leave it. I'll, I'll leave that be because, like I said, he is a civil rights icon, uh, not one that that I would, con- you know. Uh, let me just let that. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't, 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 hey! Don't, don't whistle yeah, past. Yeah, hey, listen, yeah, yeah. Don't whistle past. Yeah. Hey, hey! Don't whistle past the, the graveyard on that one, man. When you say he has an axe to grind, this is news to me. What axe does he have to grind with President Obama? Well, I, I tell just you Just in what, case for now, people like me who don't know. Well, you know, I, I'll be honest now. There was some separation between Jesse Jackson and President Obama when he was running. Yes, indeed. So, you know, that there was some discord there, and I don't think that Jesse Jackson felt like he got the accolades that he was deserving of. He didn't get the stage that he was deserving of. Now, of course, part of it was the fact that he was going through that fraternity suit with with with, with the young lady who who he um, had a child by. So, you know, that kind of diminished him. But, uh, yeah, there's some history there where he didn't really embrace President Obama. Yeah, I can understand for the show's sake that he wants you to understand that, wants you to restate that, Johnny. But I cannot believe, Jay, you don't remember this. You can you cannot remember hey, this at uh, all. Like I said, the greatest missed a jump shot every now and then. I don't remember it. I, I promise you I don't. <laughs> yeah, you, you missed a jump shot by saying that. Locker room on this one because technically, he okay. Was well, hey, call me Shaq. <laughs> call no, me no, Shaq. He, I, I don't remember. <laughs> Shaq still can duck. I ain't, no, ain't calling you. Like, <laughs> <he's like, laughs> okay. 
Remember, remember Jesse Jackson? Oh, wow, Miss Elias, really? Obama's nuts in the plank. That's what he said. He said yeah, well, I, I, that was on a hot mic. Yeah, okay. Did, I do remember that, that. okay. He, he was still okay. thinking okay. that. Okay, okay. Mindset was because remember he was back in Hillary and Hillary was paying him something like two hundred thousand dollars a week to get a staff. Oh, wow. See, I didn't know this. And they had a plane oh, wow. and they were flying around trying to help Hillary in South Carolina and stuff. The Hillary campaign was paying Jesse two hundred thousand dollars a week, and so the issue oh, is wow. Yeah, the, the issue yeah, is see? that he had a vested interest in wanting somebody other than Obama there, and so Jesse Jackson Jr was on Obama's um he was co chair yeah. his thing I and he that. went against his son. So Jesse Jackson oh. and I know the whole iconic status and we're not doing bashing today, but you know when people say that. But but we all know <laughs> Yeah, here it comes black on black crime. Yeah, we all know that <laughs> you know Martin Luther King wasn't that happy with Jesse Jackson. You know, he and Abernathy he was more close to Abernathy and they thought Jesse was getting a little beside himself. Like that's that's an old news story in the black community that Jesse will take the opposite side because he is going to negotiate with your captors better than anybody else. That is Jesse's oh, nature. Wow. And and not to again, everybody does what they does, I ain't mad at him for it. But his his siding with Cornell West and Jesse Jackson and all those guys supporting Bernie, wow. that should tell you something because black folks overwhelmingly voted Biden. I, I, I feel sad for those guys because they are exposing themselves as not having the interest of black people or black people not listening to them. But however you want to slice well, that, if I was running that okay. campaign, I wouldn't be worried about somebody um, like Jesse Jackson supporting anybody who I was running a campaign against. Wow, okay. All right. Well, well all right. So, so, so Vanessa, uh, I, let, I let me ask no, go ahead, Jerome. Go ahead, uh, Johnny. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, I was just saying I agree with, with Jerome. He articulated that uh, far better than, than I could. Uh, I mean, yeah, the history is there. Uh, Cornell West, how he attacked President Obama. You know, th- th- these guys got that crab in the barrel mentality now. They really and truly do. And, and it's sad because they are iconic in the African-American community, but they did not wish the one person who exalted himself beyond them, they, they, they didn't support him at all. And it's almost like, you know, if I can't be the first, then I'm not going to support anybody. And that's that's the mentality. And, and that's unfortunate because we see that every day, uh, typically in, in, in the African-American community, which is unfortunate. But you know oh, what, you brought this up. So since wow. you brought it up, you brought this up. So let's 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 stay on this tra- on, on this course for a second because you know, look, a lot of people, and, and you know, we used to have Mr. Elias, and you know who I'm talking about when I say this. There are people that that's on the BTR network that are African Americans who were pissed off at President Obama because they felt that he didn't go far enough for black people. They felt that he was trying to be a middle of the road president. And so I've always looked at people like that with the rock eye. Because I'm like, come on, guys, are you serious? But they will point out all these different things that, quote, unquote, President Obama didn't do. And they were, you know, and I was like, you guys are ridiculous. But they will come up and spit these facts or spit out their so-called facts, fact, I mean, facts about, you know, what President Obama did or did not do for the African-American community. And they wouldn't be so, wrong, I mean, I mean, like say, yes, President, they're not wrong. President Obama was in office. President Obama was the American president, um, but what he brought, what he brought 
on that November day in 2008, that November 4th, 2008, what he brought that day was inspiration to a generation of folks, young and old, who said, I never thought I would live to see this day right here. So Jesse Jackson was crying. He was crying on that day. But, but Bill Hood. Oh, okay, now. Now, Jay, Jay, I've been trying to give him some dignity. But Jesse, Jam, <laughs> Jesse Jackson has been a camera chaser all his life. Okay? So oh, when, whenever, whenever there's some oh, high profile God. that can come up, there's Jesse Jackson. But then after the battle, after the battle starts, he ducks out because there's no more there's no more PR. There's no more opportunity for him to get in front of the wow. camera. So, I mean, yeah, we, we, we can go there. We can go there. And I and I was trying to be dignified because, like I say, I, I I didn't get a chance to go to the sanctuary this morning. So, yep, I, I guess the shower was I told you. I told you. <laughs> I was showing the merch, too. I was showing and, yeah, the merch and hey, all of that. I was doing the same thing. Hey, I, 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 I'm going to leave him alone. But, like I say, President Obama born of of, of 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 a biracial family, you know, what he brought to, to young black boys and, and young black girls and older, mature, uh, civil rights era uh, African Americans is, is profound and it can never be replaced. But his desire was not to be the black president, a, a black person's president. That wasn't his desire. And like I say, did I agree with everything? No. But the but the fact of the matter is, is that 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, he will be hailed as one of the most successful presidents, not black presidents, one of the most successful presidents in American history. And that well, the facts not. already bear that out. Uh, um, most presidential historians, Vanessa, has already said that President Obama has accomplished a lot, uh, accomplished a lot during his eight years in office. And that, you know, there's a whole site out there that has a list of everything he's done. So, I mean, he already has that title. Uh, you know, but like they say, uh, with history, you know, things change. I remember when George Bush left office, man, they thought he was the worst thing uh, on the face of this planet. Now, I think his approval ratings is up in the 40s and uh, close, you know, in the 40s. When he left office, they were in the tank. So people, you know, especially after Trump being in office, folks are saying, you know, anything is better than this clown. Yeah. Is there a question in there? <laughs> no, I was just asking to you like a pop along kid, but you just dropped the baton, so I guess I don't know where I'm going to go. I thought you were going to say yes, Jay, and you're absolutely correct. And, you know, President, that's what I thought you were going, but my bad. Well, well I was going to go with it was on the money side. because Obama Okay, there you go. See, I was just passing you the mic. You can go with it where you please. Yes. Okay. Come on now. Hold yes. on. Michelle okay. and Barack are probably richer than Trump. Okay? Seriously. Uh, no. Because he's got too much. <laughs> uh, no. yeah. And let me no. finish. And that is because he okay. has got Prove so it. many lawsuits out Prove where it. he actually... What? I'm telling Jay to prove it. Okay, all right. Well, I, 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 well, okay. Trust me, he's a billionaire. Well, Barack Obama's not a billionaire. Okay. Is he a billionaire? Trump is not a billionaire. Trump. He is a billionaire. He's not a billionaire like uh, Bloomberg and the other guy. But he's a billionaire. A billionaire okay, I'm not going to argue with you. Okay, good with your point. Oh, I will. No problem. Next week I have the information. I don't have. To, I don't feel like looking it up right now. But go ahead. Finish your thought. Okay, you, Jay, me, and you could be a billionaire too if we didn't pay taxes for 20 years and we lied on our taxes. And on our financial uh, page, 
Me and you both could be reading that, Jay. You know how easy that is to live out on the kind of place? Y'all got the wrong person when y'all start going down that aisle. So let me just say that Trump is an a-hole. Bush looks really good right about now. And Obama is America's president. Carry on. Wow, that was quick. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, so the, okay. Speaking of America's president, um, you know, Joe Biden uh, gave a speech this past week and talked about what he would do if he were in office, and he put together a task force. Now, isn't this dangerous though, Johnny D? Because people say, wait a minute, you know, we don't, you know, we don't operate a ghost. Uh, government, you can't sit here. I mean, there is one president. That's one of the things that people were pissed off about Trump, because as soon as Trump became the president-elect, he started making arrangements with with world leaders. Remember the guy from Saudi came over, didn't even tell the current administration that he was in country. This guy was a world leader, came into the country, didn't say anything to the current administration. You know, you can't run a shadow government. So, do you think Biden was wrong with this thing? Because he's saying we're not trying to make it political, but come on, that's that's what it was. He was saying, hey, look, if I were in office, this is what I would do. And bottom line is, when we were in office, the Obama-Biden administration, he so affectionately calls it now, that, you know, we did this, 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 and this. So does he run the danger of this backfiring, being the presumptive president? I mean, you're not the president yet there, big big dog. What say you? I'm going to be quick because I know we got to get to uh, the favorite part of the show, which is Jerome. So I'll say this real quickly. I thought Netanyahu was disgraceful back in the time where uh, in 2015 when he came and and decided that he was going to, you know, break bread with, with, with criminal Trump versus President Obama. Now, we have no president at this point in time. So for Joe Biden to step out there. And and go ahead and start assuming the leadership role. I I don't think that there that 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 um, that's wrong in, in this aspect right here because you don't have a, a sitting president. You got a criminal who's a liar and a deceiver. So him moving forward and start trying to repair repair the relationship with our allies that's already been destroyed. Okay, I think that that's a good move. Okay, interesting. All right, let's. Uh, I don't know, Mr. Elias. Does Steve want to add anything to the conversation? Does he want to pop it in for a second? Can I add something to that? Yeah, but I think. Yeah, go Can ahead, Jerome. Yeah, Mr. Elias, check with him. Go ahead, man. Absolutely. Okay, so you know, to um, to Johnny's point is that um, I don't know if you guys saw the news story after Biden won on Super Tuesday that the market stabilized. And they said directly, the analyst was saying, it's because Biden is doing so well that those markets change. Now, we need somebody to stabilize this craziness. We have a a federal government that is not functioning. So he doesn't have to be the presumptive nominee. He just has to be grown. And so even if Bernie Sanders chose to do that, they would at least the markets are looking at saying, all right, we're about to go into free fall for a while, so will next year, will we be able to count on it coming back? And so Biden is a calming force because that's what he's saying. I'm, when I, I win, the Obama-Biden thing is coming back because we need to stabilize our relationships abroad. We need to put back the, the professionals and scientists back where they need to be. It's stabilizing to the market now. The markets, because of 
the way the virus is going, had gone back down. But the news coverage, I'm sure Trump hated it, that they were attributing the numbers rising up even during that small window because Biden was winning or because he had just won. So I don't think I think all bets are off for us to look at any kind of norm when it comes to political to politics now, because you have a flat lying white supremacist that is in the the um, that's in power, and everybody has to look forward to the day that that guy is not there. So even the markets are adjusting to the fact that he's not stable. Yeah, you're right because they did say that they did say that the markets kind of evened out uh, because you know of the results from the inspection yeah, from, uh, from the from the uh, election. Yeah, yep, it was yeah. a decisive win. It helps the markets. Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess for me, um, all this is just crazy. You know, everything that's going on is just crazy uh, with with uh, Trump and you know this virus. And you know, I'm thinking, man, you know, I had to pull out revelations the other day to see, hey, are we in our final days? What's going on around here? I mean, it's like <laughs> they still investigating it's, the sun, though, Jay. Well, I tell you what, they're going to bring that up because the Republicans have already said, hey, since it looks like Biden is going to be the guy, then guess what? You're going to hear Hunter Biden's name more than you hear the coronavirus. And and words coming out well, the, out the Biden campus, okay, if you want to do that, well, guess what's going to happen? DJT, mm-hmm. uh, DTJ, whatever you call him, Donald Trump Jr., guess what? He's going to be, we're going to put him up there too. It's, it's so funny how you live in a glass house and you're throwing rocks. Uh, well, yeah. Hunter Biden, really? You have three kids. I mean, oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I cannot Biden, wait. Uh, all I can Trump say is I cannot they, they wait. They're making money. They're making money off the presidency. Come on, man. I can't wait. Come, I cannot come. wait. Yeah. And he I was called wait. out on the view on that, and he got quiet as hell. When they said, well, you know, you're, you're making money. He said, well, of course my father's a, a hotel mogul. Then why is he still making money off of it as the president? He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be making money as a president like that, man. All for the presidency. It's just, uh, just it's ridiculous for these people to even sit there and say something about Hunter Biden. And, and, and you guys are making millions and millions of dollars. And Trump Jr. was talking about, well, I, I, I'll debate him. You know, debate him for He has no aspirations in politics. <laughs> Trump Jr. said that? He yeah. ain't said that I'll debate him. What the hell are you talking about? Are you serious? <laughs> I'll debate him. Idiot, Put man. me... Putting me and Hunter Biden on the stage. I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, these yeah, people are not. They're making a dog on sideshow. It's a sideshow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Unbelievable. Seriously, so, so why don't they do this? Why don't they put uh, Melania and Jill Biden and let them debate? <laughs> Let's make that yeah, happen. Well, Dr. Melania, that be that would be another Sarah Palin and Biden situation. Exactly. Wow, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. could. I know I'd buy. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, folks. Oh, we're gonna take a real quick break here. Wow, do we have time? Uh, ooh, we really. Well, let's take this break and. Oh boy, yeah, let's take it and try to get a chatterbox. We'll get a couple of comments in, then we got to get to our final thoughts. We'll be right back after this. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Almond Board of California. Did you know since 1995, the Almond community has made bee health research a strategic priority? Learn more at almondsustainability.org. World's oldest golf course has changed course, voting to finally admit women. 
Vicki Barker reports from London. Ever since its founding in 1735, the Royal Burgess Golfing Society in Edinburgh, Scotland, has been male only, holding out even after other historic gender-specific golf clubs relaxed their membership rules. But now, members have voted overwhelmingly to admit women. The Society's president is calling the vote historic, but perhaps the true sign of just how far British society has come is that not even the conservative Daily Telegraph or Daily Mail newspapers have included unattributed quotes from aggrieved members calling the move political correctness gone mad. For NPR News, I'm Vicki Barker in London. Russian President Vladimir Putin has signed a law this weekend that could potentially allow him to remain in power until 2036. The Russian parliament approved the measure last week. It would allow Putin to run for two more six-year terms, but it still has some hurdles to jump. The country's constitutional court must decide if the change is legal, and it must be approved by voters in a referendum set for April 22nd. With voters in Arizona, Florida, Ohio, and Illinois preparing to go to the polls Tuesday, in the next round of primaries, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are preparing to debate tonight. CNN had planned to host the debate with a live audience in Phoenix, but it's been moved to a television studio in the nation's capital because of coronavirus concerns. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News from Washington. Folks, change course just a little bit today. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to get to Jerome, but hopefully he'll have plenty of stories for us next week. And uh, it's time for final thoughts, but let me see, can I read a couple of, can we get a couple of comments in, Mr. Elias? You know, we want to hear from our faithful. Maybe Corinna, did Kavina put anything in there? Or anybody, you got something real quick you want to read? Uh, yeah. Kavina said, said Trump does a good job at Brownie uh, moment like the last few days, like, uh, it said, good job, Brownie. Uh, um, you know, and then he says, the, the feds get a, a grade F or D minus right now. Trump originally called the virus a hoax, and then he lied about the test. That's all yes, I got. he did. Okay. All right, well, let me, I, look, I'm going to read three. All right, I have plenty, but I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going to read three. And two of them are going to be from our regulars, so I'm going to try to pick one more. All right, Pastor Stephen Jones says, peace and blessings, fam. Interesting last segment. I always learn something new when I listen to this show. Didn't know the fun fact about Jesse Jackson. Thank you, Brother Jerome, for bringing this to our attention. Have a blessed week. Love you, Pastor. Marietta Music says, thank you, Mr. L.E.S. And, and that's what she said. And uh, I'm going to read one from a lady by the name of Vanessa. Says she has the same name as our Vanessa from Chicago, Illinois. She says, I love this show. You guys keep it real. Shout out to Paula J for turning me on to this. Turning me on to you all, to you guys. Okay. Paula, what's up? Thanks, Paula. And you tell friends about the show. You need to tell people about it because we want people to jump in here. Now it's time for our final thoughts. And the uh, ladies are first. And so, Vanessa, final thoughts. Um, my turkey's resuming, and I'm on my way to church. And I will continue to pray for this country and pray for this virus. They said that almost everybody in this country will eventually have this virus either in a low mode or in a high mode, but everybody will eventually have it because it's almost when you can't not get it. Because if they don't touch the yeah. well for nine days, 
So anyway, she prayed up everybody, use tents, leave the stuff for the older people at the stores, and try to check on the older people in the neighborhood to make sure that they do have water and soap and toothpaste and just normal stuff to be able to survive for the next few weeks. Thank you guys for allowing me the opportunity to spread my voice on the show. I love everybody, and y'all be safe. Have a good week. I'm back at you, Vanessa. Thank you so much. All right, the educated brother himself, Johnny D, in the place to be. Uh, final thoughts. I just want to say thank you once again, Jay and uh, Jerome and Les and Miss Vanessa, for allowing me to be a part of this forum. Like I said, it, it, it's, it's been liberating to me. Uh, but let's certainly pray for all of those families. Uh, Worldwide and nationally That are being impacted By this virus And the deaths and the sicknesses And the illnesses um, That surround it uh, We need to certainly uh, be, Take heed to the, our, our medical professionals Who tell us how to go about and, and be safe and be respectful Of this particular virus And again Just keep each other in prayer And in faith uh, Tell one another that, that you love them As someone told me Give give people their flowers before their, their death um, And that's in any aspect of it But uh, I certainly have enjoyed this morning uh, Thank you to those individuals Who allow us to come into their homes And Jay uh, Perhaps next week we will get to the After the break and talk about um, Somebody you know, just wrote that man uh, Somebody say, just said a thing yeah, man. Y'all I, never covered that So yeah I'm going to hold it over next yeah, week Yeah so, so I know we'll yeah. get that next week, but again, thank you for the opportunity that you present each week, my brother. And you know, I love you, love you, love you, love you, man, love. You. Oh man, once again, you're trying to make a grown man get weak. I'm not going to allow it. I'm not going to fall for your nonsense this morning. Thank you very much, Johnny D. I'm going to keep it <laughs> professional. I'm not going to let you get to my heart like you trying to do. All right, uh, smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, man, final thoughts, brother. Yeah, I just want to say to everybody, be safe. You know, I know the numbers are, you know, 81% of people are just going to have regular colds or flu symptoms. Another 14% are going to have, like, some type of respiratory ailments in there, and there's going to be some um, uh, in overall percentage, a small percentage of people who are going to have very serious conditions. So please watch out for your family members. And anybody who's, like, vulnerable to cold and flu, anybody who's had bronchitis and that kind of stuff, just kind of watch out for them a little bit. But, you know, everybody be safe. That's all I want to say. See you next week. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. The man gets the first day and last word. Mr. Elias, final thoughts. Look, folks, uh, at some point in time, you got to realize what's going on. And if this president is disbanding people, just because, you know, he thinks they're sitting around and he doesn't know what their job is and and it's causing a pandemic. And our job was to search out pandemic. That's what that job was, to search out the pandemic, to search out pandemics and trying to stop them before they get to America. And now you're saying, well, we need to stop these foreigners from getting here. Well, you got to realize what's going on, folks. You really do. You got to realize what's going on. You got to open your eyes. You got to stop playing games and stop saying, well, I think he's doing a fabulous job. He's not. He's late to the party. He's calling it a hoax. 
he, he told people with the with the coronavirus, you can still go to work to infect more people. This is what your president is telling people. So, you know, and he says he knows he knows more than the doctors know. Anytime you're a smart ass like that, and you think you know more than what anybody else knows, then you're pretty dumb. So, if you like that kind of style, or you like that, keep voting for him. But if you if you think you can do better, vote better. All right. Uh, even Fox News is starting to look at him crazy when it comes to this stuff. I just want to spend a few minutes on my final thoughts, saying that, uh, you know, my, my thoughts and prayers goes out to my step-pops, man. He, he was admitted in the hospital over the weekend, and, uh, you know, I just hope and pray that uh, he gets past this. He's 85 years young, and he's lived a great life, and he's the only real father figure that I've ever had in my life. So I appreciate him. I love him, and, uh, and I hope he gets well soon. And on that note, Mr. Elias. If it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Wow Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you, and we appreciate you allowing us in your homes every Sunday morning. So, for Vanessa, for Johnny, for Jerome, and for Mr. LS, I'm Jay Rob saying have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next week. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.